Welcome back, everyone. My name is Taznova, and I'm here with... Pyros. Naziat. And in this episode, we're discussing substance abuse in the South Asian community. I also want to give a disclaimer that the content we'll be discussing today will include overdose, death, and other consequences of substance abuse. And the resources and articles that were mentioned in this episode will all be in the description. So what exactly is substance abuse? Um, I think that's the main question we need to ask ourselves, and I'm sure you guys will want to um, understand as well. Substance abuse is in just one specific thing substance abuse in in technical terms it is excessive use of drugs which impacts one's daily functioning however you know as a society i think we also you know look at substance abuse as as a choice versus it being a disease of the brain right addiction because it is embedded in brain work because there are chemicals in our brain right? Such as, for instance, dopamine. Dopamine is a big um, neurotransmitter when it comes to substance abuse because the more you use, right, the more dopamine gets released. So I think, and also we need to talk about the stigma of substance abuse in our society because that plays a big factor in terms of how people use drugs and what, you know, how they seek out treatment and what resources are available. Yeah, I think a huge kind of disclaimer, maybe stigma really of Bengali or Bengali Americans um, is that substance use doesn't affect our community. Um, it doesn't happen. Like we don't use, you know, and, and I, you see it everywhere. Like even when we were researching for this podcast, it was, it was difficult to find articles just because there isn't that much re- research, specifically Bengalis and substance use. So we did most of our research just in the South Asian community, but it came up many times of how, you know, it's, it's difficult to find participants, but, you know, the fact that there were, there were people that signed up knowing that it was confidential and everything like that. There, there was a lot of great research on, on why people use, very similar to why anyone uses, you know, psychosocial stressors, um, family issues is a big one, but really acknowledging that just because we don't see it happen or we don't talk about it in the Bengali community doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Substance use affects everyone and anyone. There, It's not, uh, I, I, I really say this to my patients a lot, but since I work in substance use, that it doesn't discriminate, you know, substance use isn't disorders. I specifically doesn't discriminate in terms of people. You can easily form habits by drinking alcohol daily or even starting off with taking opiates that are prescribed to you. We all develop tolerance and if we continue to use that, it can develop into a full-blown addiction. definitely you know I agree with everything that you stated right it starts it has to it starts somewhere you know it it starts somewhere in in the sense that you know it could be peer pressure socioeconomic factors it could even be what I liked um Cyrus what you said was you know being prescribed opiates and then eventually it becoming an addiction but the main thing at core here is that it starts somewhere and it doesn't it doesn't discriminate um and the art and research shows that you know there's there are there are factors to um, substance abuse, socioeconomic being one of the main ones, right? Um, a study done in Britain, right, amongst the Bangladeshi community 
which I found very interesting, is that one of the main, one of the biggest factors for um, men, young men and women using cocaine and heroin is because of unemployment and being at an economic being economically disadvantaged, not having jobs. So that's, you know, so how do you cope with that? You know, how do you cope with that? And oftentimes, unfortunately, people turn to drugs. Yeah, and there's so much, you know, shame behind it too. So um, it allows this kind of cycle to continue. You're hiding the fact that you have a substance use disorder. Um, obviously, you're not being treated for it because you, you have so much shame about it. So it can get progressively worse. And, you know, just a disclaimer again, when it comes to substance use, I mean, the number one consequence is death. You know, it could be an overdose. Um, you can have a seizure from alcohol use. When you mix alcohol and benzos, like when you mix certain substances together, the consequence, a huge consequence could be death. And, you know, that's not something that people think about, I, I feel, um, or it's not a big, they, they might not seem like readily to them and how easily that could be a consequence. But Unfortunately, like me and Nazia, we work in substance use, like we see it every day. Um, it, it is very sad. It is very tragic. So the more help people can, can get, the, the less shame one can feel about it, the more readily like these services they can seek, the more the community can seek these services that are, that are there for them. Um, I mean, we live in New York City and we're very privileged enough to have services all around us. So, you know, towards the end of the, our, our podcast, we'll, we'll kind of name some treatment centers or, you know, where you can find a, a best suited treatment facility for you or maybe someone you know um, that, that needs help. But I think a, a, also a big kind of topic would also be the fact that people cope with their daily stressors with substance use, right? So if you have unmanaged mental health disorders, depression, anxiety, like what do we do? We'll seek substances to help to we what we believe is is helping or addressing our problems. Um, we're numbing them, right? we're distracting ourselves, things like that. So that, that's a big thing. Like we'll we'll see co-occurring disorders happen all the time. We're depressed, we're gonna drink. Um, our drinking gets worse. Now we're in a full-blown addiction and we're severely depressed and everyone knows alcohol is a depressant. So you see this like cycle happening and, you know, if, if you can't address one thing or you can't address the, the depression or the substance use, like how can you help yourself, right? It's, it's, it's really, it's really serious. It's really sad. Yeah, definitely. I think that addressing the mental health aspect within substance abuse is key because you can feel better temporarily, right? If you're feeling, if you're triggered, right? Or if you've had years of trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, as a disclaimer, and you turn to drugs, you turn to alcohol or, you know, cocaine to make yourself feel better, that's, that will only last for a few moments, maybe a day. But what happens after that? You know, in the brain model, right, you're always looking, you know, addicts are always looking for that first high. The first, they're always looking to get, you know, this, that feeling that they had the first time they used a substance. And, and you know, they, they want to get that dopamine going, right? And there's this whole, you know, concept of the dopamine um, model in the brain, which I'm not an expert on, but we can definitely, you know, touch a little bit about the drug use right like i mentioned in the beginning it 
in you know it ignites the dopamine and that's why you want to continue to get that first high so i think it's very important to talk about mental health because it can, it can only make it it can they can only go one way where it can only make it worse because you're you're you know you're you're always going to look for that first high no matter what you're always there's always going to be problems in your life stressors in your life and you'll always need to find a way to cope with it you know many people might find is that like oh i find that using is helping right for the the short term and a lot of people um will kind of just stick with that like oh i don't have to feel my feelings like this is working oh i can um i have insomnia so this is really helping me go to sleep like all these um you know acute symptoms many people experience they feel like that the substances are really helping them but long term wise i think it's you know it's pretty evident that long-term consequences of substance use are, are detrimental. What it can do for you, um, especially medically, cirrhosis of the liver, like, you know, we can go on about that that piece, but knowing that long-term consequences are far worse than the short-term um, is something that many people, it, I know it's, it's difficult to acknowledge, but acknowledging it can help, can help reduce the use. guys are saying are really interesting I don't know anything in like this topic so I'm like sitting back and just listening half the time because again like I'm not um like I'm not I don't have specialty in substance abuse uh, like you both do but a lot of this is very interesting in itself I also like a lot of what you said where like thinking that it helps you in reality one one thing that I always think of especially like being college students or graduate students like staying up late having to study having to like get these assignments done I've heard a lot of people like taking pills in order to stay awake and then also taking like uppers and downers I think that that, that's how they are like to stay awake and then to force myself to fall asleep because you've messed up your entire sleeping schedule and that like leads you to become addicted to that throughout your entire like college career and that can also be very detrimental because you're also pretty young still so it is really interesting how all of this plays a role in long term to your health and to your mind yeah I think like nowadays Adderall use and like being a college student are like synonymous right like he's like it's normal like it's so normal to just like pop an Addy and you know like get my work done but then we see patients come in um like post-college or post-grad school and things like that and how they've developed such a high tolerance for amphetamine use and what it can do for them you know it, it's 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 the evidence is there, but I don't want to speak for like the general college population, of course, um, because that, I think it's more important to understand why kids feel like they need to use. And I'm sure that has to do with college pressure, family pressure, things like that. And, you know, that would be more, I think, a better a harm reduction kind of model for them would be better um, in terms of just reducing their use. But it's 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 so prevalent, you know, like. And, and that's the whole thing, like, especially when we were doing our research for this, like, amphetamine use is, is, is very prevalent in Bangladesh, um, which I was shocked about. Like, I assumed it would just be, you know, the generic drugs or alcohol, marijuana, um, cocaine, opiates. But I was surprised how much amphetamine use was, is, was pretty prevalent there. I think talking about 
from college students, the youth. I think I also want to highlight the fact that throughout the, the articles that, you know, we came uh, across, there was this general theme that, you know, it's it's more prevalent in the younger generation. People start out young, especially as teenagers when they're 14 or 15 years old, just as, you know, recreation or socializing or to fit in. But what oftentimes what is not understood is that, you know, the brain is still developing, right? The brain isn't fully developed until you're well into your 20s. Um, so here, you know, you know, working in a rehab um, and, you know, uh, you know, hearing, you know, adolescents brag about using, you know, these heavy drugs and whatnot, um, it starts off as, you know, wanting to fit in, wanting to fit in the friend circle, wanting to be liked. But then I've also worked with adult clients um, who have had substance abuse disorders. And looking at these two different age groups is very interesting because you have the youth who are very, it, it's fun, but then you have the adults who are in a stage, in a late stage in life, and they're, they're, they have regret. You know, they have all these health-related issues. You know, they, they, they're, you know, their life is falling apart. And they say, and a lot of them actually mentioned that, you know, I wish I could go back. I wish I knew better. Um, a lot of the adults, you know, we had talked about consequences. There are legal consequences, huge legal consequences. Therefore, a lot of adults are court-mandated to receive treatment, substance abuse treatment. Even, you know, adolescents are as well. But with the adults, you can really see that, you know, they wish they weren't in that place and they wish they made changes early on in their lives. Yeah, what I found most interesting, I think it was a study done in Bangladesh of like the number one reason um, for use was family unrest, you know, and that in itself is like, we could imagine like, Bengalis and like family issues of course we have to like hide all our problems we have to pretend like we're this perfect right. family and even so like I think we you know in terms of like addiction right so if a family member a parent grandparent has a substance use disorder um, then genetically there you might be or like the child of this uh, of the parent might genetically be more prone to having an addiction issue and that is something that is not talked about, I feel like, in the Bengali community because there's so much, like, blame that might be used for them. And then, of course, like, the shame along with that, like, oh, uh, your family is known for this, or I heard your parent or grandparent or uncle or aunt um, isn't doing well. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, no one says the words, like, rehab or detox, right? Like, we don't hear that in, in family gatherings. You know, they'll say, like, they went away or like, you know, they're, they're on vacation. Like there's so many terms that are thrown out. And I think it's, we really need to acknowledge like when we don't ad address these issues, like the cycle of shame and guilt continue on the less likely people are, are able to get the help that they need. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up guilt and shame because I've done personal research on that for graduate school. Research shows that guilt and shame has connections with condemnation and self-condemnation to be specific. So self-condemning and self-downing also relate back to depression and anxiety. Then it, that may, becomes this repetitive cycle, as you've mentioned, feeling guilty about doing this, that my parents will hate me, I'll be judged that it may lead to thinking that I'm a horrible person. I shouldn't be doing this, but at the same time, it does make me feel good. 
that then makes you uh, makes you start to ruminate which rumination means to consistently think about the same thoughts over and over again which tend to be negative thoughts um and it's just it becomes this huge toxic thought process in your head constantly it also leads you to do more drugs it leads you back to that coping mechanism that you've created and that's that's the cycle that's the pattern that i like that I see a lot in the research that I do and in, in the, um, with the clients that, that I do hear of, um, in the building that I work at with, uh, a lot of th- psychologists. And it's a huge struggle to see that they're in this entrapping of them, their own mind in a sense. And it's just like getting that thought process out and trying to help yourself out of that is, it seems like a huge struggle. And like, I also want to take this time and applaud like the therapists, you guys, who like t- like obviously work your butts off to um, help these uh, client clients and patients. Because yes, in a sense, they chose this life, but at the same time, they didn't. Like it's we're all living in a shitty world, <laughs> and um, some people cope, I guess, quote unquote, normal ways than others do. But like it's 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 hard and I do also want to applaud the clinicians and therapists that are out there treating people who are going through this. Just to piggyback off of that, I think those are amazing um, points to bring up. So I think Tasnova, you mentioned something about people functioning normally, right? So with substance abuse, there's this huge, there's this huge notion and stigma that individuals who use, you know, they're, they're, they're dysfunctional, um, they can't manage their lives, you know, their children, if, if you're a woman or if you're a parent per se, right, your children get taken away. But, you know, when it comes to substance abuse, you know, you have to kind of look at progress, a little, you know, baby steps, right? There are individuals who went from being a full-blown, who, you know, went from being full-blown addicted to a substance to being able to better manage, you know, their lives, right? They're still using, but they're more functional, they're, you know, they're a- better able to manage, hold a job or, you know, get things done in their daily lives. So I think it's important to acknowledge that there are, you know, substance abuse isn't just one straight road to recovery. You know, it's a zigzag line and there and it pro- and there's progress. And yes, people relapse. Right. Um, because but, but that is part of the progress. Right. Only to come back and, um, you know, do better again. Another aspect that you mentioned was about um you know, ruminating and being guilt and shame, right? So there's a there's this thing called internalized sense of um, self-stigma. So the article talking about the Bangladeshi community um, in, in Britain and substance abuse within that community, it talks about that, you know, um, internalized stigma, right? The participants who were interviewed, they knew clearly that their families would, in a way, outcast them. And so to kind of save face, right, a lot of these families, they would send their children back to Bangladesh to get rehabilitated, to get treatment, because they'd rather have that than, you know, anyone in the community knowing about their child, their child, um, using substances, getting um, rehabilitation. Uh, another thing that I found interesting was that a lot of individuals, you know, within the Bangladesh community in England um, were afraid to seek treatment because, especially if there were Bengali physicians, right, or nurses, because they felt that, okay, if I tell this person, you know, I- I'm here to get this medication to help my addiction, you know, they would know someone 
you know that person will know someone who who uh, whom I also know and my information will get leaked out so confidentiality and being remain you know being anonymous is very essential when treating substance abuse because of this you know because of this fear that you know people will know In terms of treatment, I think it's really important to give some resources. So um, since, you know, we live, we're podcasters from New York, two great websites would be um, Oasis. So that's the Office of Alcohol and Substance Use and also SAMHSA. Um, both these websites have treatment centers or treatment facilities. Um, they, they kind of break down what substance use disorders are, what they look like, how you can get receive help from them. I know a lot of times, like in, in terms of emergencies, of course, you can go to your nearest hospital, detox, any sort of medical issues, and then typically, depending on the hospital, of course, um, they should be discharging you to maybe a rehab or an outpatient facility. So, you know, th there, are, there are a lot of resources out there for substance use and of course mental health disorders you know I, I just I think just a big takeaway maybe from this is knowing that if you are someone that struggles that you are most definitely not alone me and Naziad we see patients from everywhere right we both uh, work in New York we both live in New York and when people come in like the first thing I always tell a patient is how, or, you know, a client is how resilient they are, uh, how courageous they are for just coming in and treating something that, you know, is not their fault. <laughs> it happens. Um, they've been through so much adversity that this was their way of coping at the time. And it, it, it could happen to anyone. It can happen to any of us. You know, if we went through something tragic or a doctor gave us a, a a script for um, a painkiller, an opiate, benzo, and, you know, it, it helps us and we decide to, like, refill the script. Like, it could seriously happen to anyone. There shouldn't be as much shame or guilt that, unfortunately, there is, but there are resources that can help you. And just to wrap things up, I think also part of, you know, treatment recovery is that trust yourself. If you are struggling with substance abuse, trust yourself and trust you know, you're the, the individuals who are helping you. And if you don't feel comfortable going to those res these resources, talk to someone who, whom you trust or talk to your confidant, but don't feel alone um, in this whole process. You know, I would say it's easier, I, I'd rather it's easier said than done, but know that there is help out there and know that, you know, you will overcome this. Um, resilience is huge when it comes to substance abuse and that, you know, there are many, you know, qualified and competent um, providers who are willing to help and just be there for you. I hope everyone listening enjoyed this episode. Maybe you learned something from it or are more curious about the topic in terms of helping others who are struggling with substance abuse. The stigma around this topic in our community needs to end because it's everywhere. Research and statistics shows that. This was a more informative and research-based episode, but if the community has any questions or any opinions they want to add to future episode topics, please stay updated on our Instagram account, Bengali Mental Health Movement. We also have more content on substance abuse on our Instagram account, so if you're still interested in this topic, please look at our Instagram account again. <laughs> in terms of 
adding comments and questions for you to be featured on our future episode. We have a day in our Instagram stories where we put up a sticker for the community to comment or ask questions for us moderators to talk about and discuss in the episode. So your questions or comments might be in a future episode. So feel free to stay updated and engage with us on our Instagram account. The resources and our articles that were mentioned in this episode will all be in the description. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, it would also help us to know any kind of feedback by rating us and leaving a comment there. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.